Warning, this is an adult-oriented podcast about really perverse things like communication and consent. If you are under 18 and looking for answers to questions about sex or kink, please visit scarletteen.com. For the dude bro listeners, this is the nerdy shit. Fuck off! Are we ready? Is that my new theme song? I like it. Well, Thief isn't here, so I have to do something, right? All right. Anyone else want to try? Theme song? Lala's theme song? Man whore, man whore, everybody wants to be a man whore. Man whore, man whore, a man whore on Lala's land. This is Lala with Lala's land, and I am here joined tonight by guest Master Bear. Can we just call you Bear? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah? I'm not that pretentious. You're not what? I'm not that pretentious, although I am a lord now, by the way. You are? You are? Yes, I, I own some land in Scotland. Did you buy a foot by a foot? A no, square? I think it's like 10 by 10. <laughs> Can't <laughs> hey, do a damn thing with it, but visit like, it. That's a good-sized closet. Yeah, I know, really, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I can take a blanket and go have a, you know, have a little picnic, but that's about all I can do. I like picnics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. We can put our feet in the moss, take our shoes off, and... Okay, anyway. Just squish the moss? Yeah. All right, then. So, you've been on the podcast... Well, no, no, no. You haven't been on Lala's Land. No, no, I have not. No, so we're going to a new feature. We're going to talk some sexy talk a little bit. Ooh. I'm going to see how, how sexy we talk. can get. Okay. Um, what is your fetish, first of all? Jesus. How long was this podcast? What is your favorite <laughs> fetish? Number one fetish. Like, what do, What is your go-to fetish? Uh, I think you got to be fair and do top three. Can he do it fast? Like, speed round. Speed round. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Um, I don't know. Control is always a big one for me. Mm. Um, so it, control encompasses a lot of different things. I love making women helpless and then doing horrible things to them. That's always fun for that me. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, it, I'm also a, a sadist. So, you know, hitting, you know, swinging different implements like floggers and flails and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. All right. Um, there's a lot of common BDSM things out there. Mm-hmm. What is the most uncommon thing that you've tried or maybe have seen someone try? And when I say common, I mean like rope, bondage, spanking, barehanded, flogging. Those are like our common core type things, right? right? But what, out of the norm, can you think of anything that you've tried or wanted to try or have seen someone try? Um, well, I'm a huge fire freak, so I love doing things with fire. Okay. Um, and it's hard to do because, well, you just can't do it anywhere. Uh, you, you know, it's you can, like you can't do it in a dungeon typically because there's not enough space or things burn. Um, you know, so it's always it's usually best to do it outside. So I love fire whips and things like that. I do remember seeing a guy do a, a scene one time many years ago with a grinder and some uh, metal. And so he actually had a metal plate and was grinding, using a grinder, throwing sparks on a girl. <gasps> Dang, yeah. that's yeah. hardcore. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it or not, because while when you're, when you're using an abrasive, abrasive disc like that, you are throwing sparks and they're pretty much are harmless. There can be metal shavings, too. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that was such a good idea. Okay. But it was one of the guys from Sex and Metal, I think, if I remember right. What is it? Sexy Men? Sex and Metal. Oh, Sex and Metal. Yeah. I don't know if they're still around, but they were a, a company that made metal toy stuff. which was, And there were some pretty cool things they did. They had some floggers that were had metal handles but then had silicone falls on them. So they were easy to clean. 
Um, and then they had all kinds of uh, cool shit. I mean, there was, there was, but it was most of it was around like billet aluminum. All their handles were billet aluminum. So then, you know, it was not made of wood, but that was their kind of their shtick was they were sex and metal. That was their deal. Interesting. I've never heard of it. I'll have to look that up. Um, what? Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. The first time we met, <laughs> we were at a cigar social in Fresno. Yes, we this were. This was many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that my friend and I were trying to look up your kilt to see if you were traditional? No, I did not. Although I'm not surprised, but uh, yeah, no, I had no idea. Do you remember that night? Oh yeah, I had a very good time that night. Yeah. <laughs> we were have it was with um, the, the international master slave at that time, uh, Rick and Tina. Uh-huh. They were there as guests of honor before the the ball with TJF, yeah. Okay, yeah. Do you remember I, what you did? Because you reminded me of that earlier. Oh, that was at the ball afterwards. Oh, that was at the ball afterwards. That was actually oh, at the okay. ball. So oh, I, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I have a variety of kilts, so, you know, for all occasions. And so uh-huh. um, I that was when I was wearing my leather kilt, and I walked in wearing my leather kilt, and you said something, and I grabbed your camera, stuck it up in my kilt, and took a picture and handed it back to you. Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That was the second time I met you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not subtle. But anyway. <laughs> there you go, folks. Um, have you ever had group sex? Define a group. Um, more than three. Uh, five. Yeah, so there's, what is it? It's, it's a threesome, foursome. I think after four it becomes group sex, doesn't it? I, let's go with that. I don't know. I've yeah, never I, had group sex, so I don't know. I've actually had sex with four women at the same time. For women? Yeah, all women, yeah. Wow. That sounds like a party. It was. Would you like to give us some details or how hot was it? Or was it difficult trying to... It's a bit like driving a car, you know, four cars across country at the same time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what's cool is when they're bisexual... Oh, they can help you out. Yeah. So, you know, while you're doing one, they're taking care of each other, and then you can switch, and it's, you know, yeah. All right. You know, it becomes a tag team match, really. Have you ever incorporated another man? Um, yeah, well, I've had sex with a man's wife while he was there. Does that count? He was not involved in the situation? No, he was doing somebody else, but are yeah. You, are you against that? No. No? No, I don't have a problem with dicks being in the same room. Okay. All right, I'm just... Hey, our listeners want to know. Yeah, I know. I understand. And some people do. Some guys are like, oh, no, dear God, I cannot have a dick within 20 feet of me. Like they're going to make them gay or something. Exactly. What does it matter? (laughs) All right. What really gets you turned on and ready for sexy time? Oh. That one thing that just makes you, your little chumpster get big and chubby. Little chumpster. Hey, little chumpster. uh, (laughs) Um... Yeah, I don't know. You know, that's a that's a tough one. It changes over the years. I mean, honestly, when I was, you know, in, in high school, a naked woman would do that. And now that I'm so used to naked women running around my house, I've lived with strippers, I've had BDSM parties at my house. It's like naked women are just kind of like, oh, it's Tuesday. You know, I just don't really notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so maybe someone tied up a certain way? Or... Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. It goes back to the control issue. So if I have somebody that's, that's, well, you know what? Actually, let's put it this way. When I have somebody on the cross who enjoys the pain that I'm inflicting, uh-huh. so like I am wailing on somebody and they're drinking it in, uh-huh. yeah, let's, let's go. All right. And BDSM has always been, uh, and crying, yeah, and crying is also another one, yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, start crying for me, please. Are you crying? Are you crying? Anyway, um, so I'm going to mess up your makeup. We're, we're good. Um, BDSM has always been foreplay for me. I mean, it's two hours of foreplay, but it's foreplay. Uh-huh. Uh, I usually need to have sex afterwards. I usually don't, like if we have, play, you know, uh, play parties here or whatever, I don't necessarily have sex here because I'm not a huge public sex person. Okay. Um, but I do need sex afterwards. So I usually go home and, you know, Take care of business. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Can you tell me what would be a turnoff? Smells. Oh. Horrible smells. I'm a big... If I want, if I'm going to have sex with somebody or I'm going to play with somebody, they need to be clean. I mean, like fresh out of the shower, clean. If I get a whiff of something, we're done. Okay. It's happened to me before. I've gotten, you know, and it, and it can be tough sometimes because you're in, a, you know, suddenly you want to have, you know, instant sex in a closet somewhere. I don't know. Um, but it, it usually, it, sometimes you get some some. I've gotten some smells a few times. You know, somebody opens their legs and it's like, ooh. Oh no, no, we're, no! I'm out. Yeah, all right, that's fair. It's the beach in Monterey. No, so um, yeah, uh, right. th- those are that's a huge one for me. It smells. That was some good information. But it, it <laughs> uh, and, but it, but same goes for me too. I don't like smelling. I hate smelling, and so I make sure that I'm good and clean and everything's washed. You know, scrubbed. I out. wish everybody felt that way. Yeah. I really, really do. I mean, you're putting your mouth on it and putting places, you know, your tongue in places that, you know. And even if you're you're not and you're just playing with them, you're still putting your head down there where mm-hmm. you're going to smell yeah. the, the, the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, yeah. Even just body odor under the arms or whatever. Just right. like. Yeah, I can't. And that's something that gay guys love. And I've never understood it. They, they like li- a dirty smell? Yes. They like unwashed pit or un, un, no deodorant pits. And they'll just jam their face in, your, in the pits. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I'm just like, no. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you know, to each their own. I've had requests. Right? But anyway. <laughs> um, last question. And this is just because I'm nosy and want to know. Um, <laughs> do you have any specific sexual advice for how to please a partner? Hmm. The biggest one I can say, if I was, you know, young Padawan, it would be... Um, Care more about your partner than you do about yourself. Yes. I love that answer. I try to make sure that anybody I'm having sex with has a ratio of about three orgasms to every one of mine. All right. So, I like that ratio. Yeah. I mean, I prefer 10 to 1, but three is <laughs> good. I am greedy. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I request. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> that was fun, Bear. I'm so glad you're here. But now we're going to, going to hop into the Gotham Press podcast. Right, 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 right. Now. From Bakersfield to Mount Olympus, Gotham Press talks naughty business, sexual topics to explore your whoredom, good if you're new or kinky Yoda. Gotham Press podcast. The dirty your parents warned you about. Welcome back, Gothamites, to the Gotham Press Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Anemic Princess. We are also joined today by my fellow host, Micromanager Lala. Howdy, heidi ho! Another fellow host, Greedy Paul. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for coming back for us. And we have a special guest today, uh, Lord Master Bear. Hello. Hello, everyone. 
Hey, welcome back to the podcast, Master Bear. Thank you, thank you. It's been Lord a while. Bear, I like the Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord I tried Bear. changing it to just Lord Bear, but FetLife wouldn't let me do it, so I had to leave it for Master Bear. Which is, I, I have no doubt there is already a Lord Bear on FetLife. I'm fairly sure there is. So when I first got into the lifestyle, I was like, I, the Bear comes from an old bouncing nickname. That was a nickname I got while I was bouncing. That's what people called me. Uh-huh. So when I got in lifestyle, it made sense. Okay, well I'll just make my scene name bear so i went ahead and did that come to find out later that also means a hairy gay male <laughs> yeah so every community has at least one it's kind of crazy we're yeah. everywhere yeah yeah i mean to be fair when i first joined that's kind of what i assumed i was like oh okay yeah and then you know when i saw kiki running around i was like, oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> or not <laughs> Well, you know, she is a guy. I always say that she's a dude and a chick rapper, so you know, I guess I'm in a gay relationship. <laughs> All right, just a uh, quick search for Lord Bear on FetLife. Yeah. There are 42 variations of Lord Bear. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah, mean, I'm if not. you wanted to do, like, Lord Bear underscore hyphen kitty kitty lick lick, I'm sure you would have got it. <laughs> hmm. Kitty kitty lick lick. I like that. Huh? Yeah. You it, could lure all original, the kitties. Right? And, get, kitty, kitty. and get a lick lick. <laughs> Who's doing the licking? (laughs) The kitties. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, before we get too far, I do want to take uh, a chance to go ahead and thank our supporters over on Patreon. For just $1 a month, you can help the podcast thrive. For $5 a month, you get early access to our episodes every week. And for $10, I have our own Thief of Dreams, who is not here today. Uh, He will write an erotica centered around you and read it on the podcast as well as post it to our social media. Uh, If you would like to know where we can be found, just go ahead and check it out in the show notes. If you want to talk to us, you can always contact us by calling Candy's Sweet Sweet Box. Can I get that phone number, please? That would be 805-303-1173. Thank you so much. Still don't know that Candy won't answer, though, because she's with Cthulhu. (laughs) Getting it on. Okay, just just so everyone knows. That's her boyfriend. Cthulhu? Yeah. The Lord of Darkness, Cthulhu? Yes. The Eldritch Being. Hello. I have the painting in my closet. Okay. Of Candy in her little car. With Cthulhu. With Cthulhu holding the car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to need to post that again. Just yeah, we for, need to. Just for giggles. Uh, evidently, I'm missing some candy lore, so. <laughs> so, so well, just going back to last episode, um, we were talking about art. Yeah. And um, Brad of Steel, my little bunny tied up in rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also painted Cthulhu and Candy in her oh. little red hot, hot rod car. He picked, like watercolor. It's beautiful. So I will. I will have to. Yes. Well, that's not bullshit. Please. It's a Miata. Well, I can't remember what it was. It's a little red sports car of some sort. Anyway, continue on with your dialogue. I don't know if you can qualify a Miata as a sports car. Well, actually, I don't know if it, it was a Miata. <laughs> Since we brought up Brad of Steel, let's go ahead and let's talk about our sponsors. Starting with Steel Brat Passies. If you'd like a custom adult pacifier that. Uh, one goes real far because mine are still surviving and look just as beautiful as the day he made them for me. Go ahead and you can contact uh, Steel Brat Passies on FetLife and on Instagram. Stick it in your mouth. <laughs> nice. Uh, another one of our sponsors, we have JW Paddles. You want some good wood to beat your behind with or beat someone else's behind with. They're the ones you want to go ahead and contact. They can be found at jwpaddles.com. Uh, we also have... Uh, 
Thief's Touch. There we go. Again, he's missing this time, so I can't put him on the spot. But we have Thief's Touch, so everyday vloggers for your everyday vlogger needs. Uh, he can be found through Etsy. And lastly, we also have Piercings by B LLC. If you are looking for a piercing and you're in the Bakersfield area, you can definitely go ahead. You can contact her at her website, Piercings by B. She also has a Facebook and a uh, Instagram page, all of which you can book appointments for or consultations with her. Or even if you just want a new pretty piece of jewelry to stick in your body, she's the person you want to go ahead and go to. Nicely done. She does a good job. Mm -hmm. She does. Bear, have you ever considered getting your nipples pierced? Um, no. You might. Why? They look real pretty. I don't like my nipples played with. In fact, my girl tries to play with my nipples, and I smack her every time. <laughs> would Would his girl enjoy pierced nipples on Bear? <laughs> See, you're in the wrong type of relationship. <laughs> <laughs> She's thinking real hard about that one. Yeah. She can enjoy them all she wants. It's still not happening. <laughs> Well, Bear, we are super excited to have you tonight, and um, we wanted to talk to you about your life and your lifestyle. Hmm, okay. You feel like sharing some of that information with us? Absolutely. Awesome. Um, would you consider yourself to be in a leather family or a leather lifestyle, or what, what terminology should we use for your lifestyle? Well, yes, I am a leather man, um, and that's a kind of a weird term for a lot of people. Um, I, I liken it to, so basically we all start off kind of as kinksters. We all do this because it makes our dicks hard and our pussies wet and we, you know, it's a sexual excitement. Um, and so a lot of people stay there and that's all they ever want to do and that's fine. And then some people want more control and so they graduate up to a DS relationship and DS relationships are usually, um, I mean, it's dominant submissive. So it's. A lot of times they're part-time or um, they can't be together 24-7 and that sort of stuff. So, And that's where they want to be and they're fine and they stay there. That's all they really want to do. Then you get people who get into an MS relationship, master-slave. That typically is more 24-7. Sometimes it's not. I mean, it, nothing is hard and fast. I've always said that you know, that, that there's nothing black and white in this, in this lifestyle. It's all shades of gray. And then they went and wrote those horrible books. But anyway... <laughs> um, it's so it, it, it varies. Your mileage varies all the time in all of this. So then you once you reach a master-slave, you want more control and you want to continue on and you want to start doing more work on self and you realize that it's um, what you're doing before maybe was not enough and so you get more into leather. And leather is usually sort of the I, I hate I hate to use the word top but it's kind of it's, it's where people have a tendency to gravitate to when this is who they are 24 7 there is no they don't change you know depending on what the day of the week is or whatever they're just leather they're all that way all the time and they're typically not always they typically have a tendency to be more honest they work more on themselves to figure out to do the work and make themselves better humans mm-hmm so if I could ask a question really quick, what would you say, at least in your experience, mm -hmm. are some of like the values of leather folks? Honesty is a huge one. Um, honesty, transparency. Um, you know, it's just do who it's OK to be whoever you are, but back up your words with actions. Mm -hmm. In fact, words are lovely and pretty, but I don't 
judge people by their by their words. I judge them by their actions. There's an old Latin saying, acta non verba, actions, not words. So that's pretty much what I live by, and that's what a lot of other folk are. I mean, you try to be, you try to be more honest, more open. Um, you try to you do work in your community. That's always that's always a big thing for other folk is to try to give back, to make things better. Um, we have an old saying of each one teach one, which is one of the reasons that I became an educator. Um, and so it's it's trying to make the community better. So I'm sorry, Lola. I'm like intercepting because I just have a quick question. Another one. Uh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so um, I know that <laughs> shaking her fist at me. I know. I'm just oh kidding. God. I'm just the, kidding. The, the look there. <laughs> look out for knives. So uh, I've I've noticed in a lot of um, folks who identify with leather mm-hmm. um, that there is a certain aspect of like tradition. Yeah. goes with it mm-hmm. so what are some i guess for sp- specific to you what are some leather traditions that maybe you have participated in or is that just like not your thing at all no there are traditions unfortunately though a lot of these traditions are made up there's there's mm-hmm. one in particular that's making the rounds yet again called old guard mm-hmm. and i laugh every uh, time i see it sorry because the concept <laughs> of old guard was that um you had to be a slave to start out. Everybody started out as a slave. And then you worked through, you know, through this progression, and then you eventually became a master. Um, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. You know, and then there's whole, the whole thing of, of um, capping and all, and all these crazy things. So I've actually spoken with Guy, Guy Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've actually had a conversation with him. And to him, he's like, I don't know what this whole capping thing is. We never did it back in the 70s. I bought. I had. A, I wore a mirror cap, which is what that's called, because I thought it was cool, and that's really what it boils down to. But people want to use that as well. I was trained in the old guard because they want to make themselves special, mm-hmm. and I find it usually happens with people who are new to the community. Mm-hmm. So they roll in and say, "Well, yes, I was trained old guard, so I know the, all the ways." And and then you're like, "Uh huh." So you were a gay male, and then uh huh, yeah, because they have no idea. They don't do their research. <laughs> so. It's it's mostly bullshit. Um, I think where it comes from is w- the people who were originally doing this lifestyle were sexual outlaws. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and bear in mind that that there is still people. There were not only it's not just gay people. And everyone wants to kind of say that the lifestyle kind of started in the '40s, right after the war, and guys started doing you know leather and started dressing in leather and getting into motorcycle clubs and stuff. Yes, that is true. But this lifestyle was happening long before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've actually spoken with one master um, out of Arizona. I believe it was Master Mark was his name. And he was saying that he's found references to, in the 1800s to the friends of the, of the Marquis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Marquis yeah. de Sade. Yeah. Right. Yep. So there was a group called the Friends of the Marquis. That was a straight leather, you know. Uh, group and so it's been going on for years yes it did come in and it, it became more prolific and more in the the eye of the uh, media and stuff like that with the 40s and then you know and, and i think part of it was because guys were tired of being considered fairies mm-hmm. you know they were weak and they were less than men because they were gay and they're like really well we like to wear weather leather and ride around in hogs and 
Uh, you know, and fist people, and shit, you know, there's nothing and, more manly than shoving your entire fist up another exactly, man, especially when you got hands like mine. But anyway, oh my um, god! And so that, I think it was kind of a way to kind of take it back and go, no, we're not fairies, we're just gay, you idiot, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was kind of that. So, um, but I'll, uh, but you have to remember that where a lot of these traditions come from, they come post AIDS. Mm-hmm. So we lost a lot of people. The people who were actually doing all this and were the people that were the leather outlaws or the, the sexual outlaws and the ones who, who actually participated on this. You had the people who were doing it and the people who were watching it. Again, because the people that were watching it weren't really allowed in the inner circle to do it for whatever reason. Who knows? Maybe they, they thought they were unsafe. They didn't like the way they looked. Who knows why? So the people who were actually doing it, most of them died. So the people who were not doing it were left, and they came up with all kinds of bullshit. Mm. And that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. Mm. So um, tradition is important. Tradition is always important. Mm. Um, the one of the, you know, remembering where you come from, celebrating your elders. This is all something we do in, you know, we, we've done in, like, religions and stuff like yeah. that. The religion I practice is called Asatru, which is a Nordic religion, mm-hmm. and that's something that's part of our religion. Leather has almost become a religion for a lot of people. It kind of did for me for a while, too. So um, that those traditions are important, and there's the gifting of leather and all that kind of stuff. Um, to say someone is not... Leather is who you are. It is not what you wear. To say someone is not leather because they don't have a mere cap or they're not a master because they don't have a meerkat, is ridiculous. But yeah, traditions are always important. Um, we like to, in my family, we like to to recognize community service. And I have a pair of gauntlets that I very rarely wear anymore that my brother gave me because of all the work that I've done in the community. Because I've been, God, I've started so many different things and read so many <laughs> different things mm-hmm. for years. In fact, it was so bad that it we wouldn't, used to be when I've, Somehow, I still have my girl with me because when she first started, it was just like, okay, we're going to be busy every single freaking weekend. And yep. yeah. And so at one point, we're like, wait, we have nothing to do? No way. So, <laughs> we can sit on the couch. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different really cool traditions. You asked about a leather family. Yes, I'm a, I'm a member of a leather family. What a leather family basically is, is a configuration of uh, just a, a bunch of people who love each other, who consider themselves family. Um, and there's, you can make a formal deal out of it, um, and, you know, make patches and whatever else if you want to, or you don't necessarily have to, but the leather house or leather family is people who have been through stuff together. Um, and they all have their own different, uh, ways of entrance. Some people make you do a community service thing. Some people maybe make you write an essay. It really depends on how they want to run their house. So. Okay. Awesome. That was a long-winded answer. That's all right. <laughs> I loved everything. It was great. It. it was very informative. Um, we're going to jump, like, we're going to skip the whole how did you discover BDSM and all that because that was, you know. I tied up Barbies We don't need seven. to. That's <laughs> freaking I'm, fantastic. I'm not joking. I totally did. I was, like, playing with, I was playing with my cousin, 
And she had Barbies, and she had all these different Barbies and Ken dolls and all this kind of shit. And I thought it was great, and I slipped her naked and tied her to a pole. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I had no <laughs> idea. I just remember thinking, damn, that's I like that. That looks that looks really cool. Nice. Then I discovered some cartoons, which I can't remember who the who the, uh, the artist was, but it basically was a raven-haired girl in um, lingerie and high heels and a blonde girl in, la- in lingerie and high heels, and the raven-haired girl was beating the blonde girl. And I was like, oh, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> and so I searched for that for years and years and years. Um, and then I eventually found, uh, I found some people that were involved with the group in Sacramento. When I was living up there, I never did go to the group. Was, How old were you? Geez, I was in my 30s. Okay. Um, well, you're no more than 30 now. Really? I'm 53. <laughs> you're just a baby. Yeah. Okay. No, I just... I'm 60. He's just a baby. I'm still suckling. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Aren't we all? <laughs> um, so there was a group called Sack Area Kingsters that I never did get a chance to get involved with because they ended up disbanding before I got a, I got a chance to. Mm. Um, and that was back in 93? Something like that. Yeah. Um, a million years ago. And then so I um, ended up finding the group in Fresno, TGIF, in 2004 or five, something like that. And did you start out DS? And like, what was the transition from DS to to MS? Yeah, I started out kind of just as a kinkster. Okay. I want to get laid. Okay. I, I like I like rough sex. Uh-huh. You know, I want to choke you and hold you down. And why choking is the first thing we go to, I'll never understand, but it is. Um, so I want to I want to choke you and, and hold you down and then fuck you and. Do all these things to you and make you, you know, say shit and beg for cum in your face, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I, you know, kind of started off with. And then I was like, well, I kind of want some control too. And so then I got into, you know, a DS relationship and I was like, okay, you're my, I would, you know, talk with people. Okay, you're going to be my slave and this is what we're going to do. And and then unfortunately at the time, and I've come to find this is pretty, it happens a lot throughout the lifestyle is when you don't really know what you want, your life, your uh, relationships last about three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty typical yep. of BDSM. Yep. They, they're three months lifestyle. Just long enough time for NRE to go away. Yep. For what? NRE. New, New relationship real- energy. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. So what it is, I think, is people hunt or choose people by their kink profile and not whether or not they can stand to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem. And my, my girl always says, you breathe air, I breathe air. <laughs> we should get together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's that's written. People will do that, and I've done it. I'm guilty of doing it. I was like, I'm absolutely guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, you go down their kink list, and you're like, oh yeah, you like to do that. Oh, you're a dirty girl. Yeah, oh, no, no, all right, cool. Yeah, no, so you start checking everything off. You don't bother to think, hey, can I stand talking to you for more than five minutes? Are, do you have a brain? Are you vapid? What's going on? You know, I mean, I've run into that. I've run into people that are just dumber than stumps, and it's like you're cool and you look pretty and you look good on a cross, but after that, we're done. Yeah. You know, and so that's not a relationship. That's right. a plate partner, sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, that can't be a relationship. And so there was a lot of work I had to do on me. And that's where I talk about is is doing doing the work is because I had these string of bad relationships and they lasted three months and I'm going, okay, what's the common denominator? Oh, wait, it's me. Right. What am I doing that is not working? Because everybody, you know, it's easy to go, oh, the bitch is crazy. 
you know, because nine times out of ten with me, that was crew. But <laughs> you but, had uh, a type. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nuts. And daddy issues. But, you know, that's another story. And daddy issues. And daddy issues. <laughs> but, um, so... It, you know, it, I had to do the work on me. I had to go. Okay, what am I doing wrong? Am I not? Am I not being? Am not? Am I not understanding what I want? Am I not expressing that well enough? Am I not? You know, what am I doing? And so I actually sat down and wrote rules. This is what you're going to be involved in. This is what you're going to. You know, and and I also was of a mind at, at one point that I was. I lied a lot, a lot, a lot. Because I got what I want. If I told women what they wanted to hear, the panties came off. And that's all I really wanted, right? So I got tired of doing that, though. Because then it always then comes back to bite you in the ass. And then you're an asshole. And all this other stuff. So I ended up being... I said, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be brutally fucking honest. This is what you're going to get involved with. Either you accept that or you don't. Mm-hmm. No harm, no foul. Don't care either way. And it, sometimes it works. A lot of times it runs people off because they want to be, I don't know. Um, they want that fantasy. Yeah, they want the fantasy. They want to. They want to. They want me to chase them. And bitch, I don't chase my whiskey. But you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. Good man. <laughs> you know, they they didn't want. Yeah, they they want to be. Um, I cannot. I'm grasping at a word, and I cannot think of it right now. They, um, the wooed, I guess, basically. The what? Wooed. They want to, oh, to, to be wooed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be courted. To courted, be... yes. I think that's probably okay. what it's going for. Was it, it, they want to be courted and chased and all that different kind of stuff. Uh-huh. It's like, no, you. this is this is how things are going to be. These, you, know, you know everything that's going to happen on the onset. So you can't come to me and say, well, I didn't understand. In fact, it's gotten, it got so bad that after I wrote my, my 50 rules, I ended up, having to put a space for them to initial it afterwards because i would mm. when i when i after i wrote the rules i ended up get, it was in a binder and it was a training binder so i hand a girl a training binder when she starts with me okay i'm like here's your training binder those are the rules of the relationship read them and if you agree to them we'll continue okay okay so they would read through them and go okay yeah good well then later on i would do something they would violate one of those rules and i would punish them for it and they're like well i didn't know that and i'm like uh you read the rules right it's there in black and white. Well, at what point did you realize that just the DS relationship wasn't enough and that you wanted to move into the master-slave relationship? I think after all those failed relationships and I realized that it, I wasn't getting... I, I, I was getting what I needed in the moment, uh-huh. but I wasn't getting what I needed long-term. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, it was great. I was having sex with all kinds of different people. We are doing all kinds of fun shit, having fun at parties and whatever, but it was still lonely. When when you decided to go into the master slave relationships, mm-hmm. did you did you go somewhere to train? Did you meet someone who was like your um, mentor? Mentor. I have had many many mentors over the years. Um, some of them, unfortunately, are no longer with us. Uh, Master Strange is one of them. Um, mm, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I love that man. Um, but no, it's. It, I've had the benefit of having, I haven't really sat down with anybody and had a formal relationship, a formal mentor relationship. Okay. I've never been that fortunate. Unfortunately, I was stuck in the wilds of Fresno for a long time. As I was going through my, beginning my journey, I was in Fresno, and Fresno is in a weird place because it is in the center of California, and there, it's, it, it, you can't get the benefit of 
of people with years of experience. Like mm-hmm. I've known people when I I moved to San Diego for a time. It was only a few months, but I knew I knew a gentleman who had only been in the lifestyle for four years, and he was much more skilled than I was at rope and a lot of this different stuff. But because he lived in that area, he had the benefit of some great teachers. Mm-hmm. Right. One of them is a gentleman named Zetsu, who was actually a trained shibari artist, trained by a master from Japan. I think I've met him. You probably have mm-hmm. because of your honey. Yes. Right. So, yeah, so this guy, I mean, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And one of, like, he's like one of the few people that's actually licensed to, tr- to teach Shibari in this country. Mm-hmm. So he had the benefit of this man's teaching. I was kind of trying to make it work as best I could. I ran into some great people, but I had to leave Fresno to do it. I had to go to L.A. I started about 2010. I went down to a 4th of July barbecue at a place called Eye Candy, which does not exist anymore. It was a club. And I met some great people, and I met, forged friendships from that. And then I ended up going to LA more often, and met some more great people. And then, so I met a lot of people that that helped me along my way. You know, Sir Strange was one of them. Orpheus Black was one. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa, uh, Mistress Melissa, who's now who moved out back east somewhere. But I learned little bits from every one of them. Mm-hmm. So, and I've learned some from my slaves too. You know, I mean, it's when you have that other perspective from the other side, it's very beneficial. Yeah. Um, how long have you been in a MS relationship, or have you been practicing master-slave relationships? Um, let's see. Well, I started off in the lifestyle in 1999, um, and I took a bit of a hiatus in the middle there because I was still married at the time, so I was trying to be a good boy and make my marriage work, which did not happen. <sighs> So um, I got really into it full-time about 2005 or four, something like that. So let's say five. And I got involved with the group. And, and so then it was a couple years. And so I would say around probably around 10 is when I started getting into more of MS, 2010. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had the good fortune. I actually lost my job in Fresno and ended up getting another one, which then took me to um, L.A. And I was working in L.A. So I was going to every munch I could find. Uh-huh. I was I hit like munches every night because I'm stuck in a hotel. What is it? You know. Right. Mm. What else are you gonna do? Yeah. So I would go to munches and I met a ton of people. Um, and so I would I would yeah I, I, that's how I learned a lot of you know a lot from, from these different people. Um, so probably ten is when I started getting into more MS. Uh huh. Um, leather didn't happen until about 2012, and I was that was. It was something that was kind of on my mind. I was like, well, I'm not that that dedicated and I'm not I'm not good enough for that. And so then I went along to and I met some people and one of them was um, Amy and Naria, who uh, Naria was a uh, used to be a title holder and she lived in San Diego. And then both of them have been and, and Amy actually runs Desire and um, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, what is it? Um, Imsel. So they so they've been in the lifestyle for a billion years. They're both leather folk, and they and I learned a lot from them. So I learned, okay, this is what I want. This is who I am. This is what I want to be. So I started trying to be more leather. Was it like, like, like the sun was shining on a rainy day? Like, yeah, like no. like <laughs> crest, was, crest no, the hill, and there was this gorgeous valley with no, a rainbow. No, like God it just did like, not come down and say, "This is who you are." <laughs> My son. So there was no like awakening moment where you were just like, MS, that's what I, no. you know, I am a master, no. not a dominant. Like I'm well, a dominant, I, but I'm a master. 
I, I, I knew I was never submissive. So, um, <laughs> good step, good that's step one. That that's was good. an always. That was a and I've gotten shit over so the So you'll never be old guard then is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> I will never oh, be old guard. Um, I, and, and I used to get shit from the, the female doms and NTJF. They're going like, well, you weren't trained as a slave, so you don't know. And I'm like, listen, I was married for 14 years. It's the same thing. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I have, I have a question. I have a yes. question. Um, so you were talking about, uh, before you had met some of these people, you had saw, you know, what leather essentially was. Mm-hmm. Right. And eventually you were just kind of like, okay, I feel comfortable enough to try to uphold those values and find right. myself like that. Right. What, what do you think um, was the transition that made you go, okay, I can define myself as leather now? Because that's that, a very good question. That sounds really, really intense to me having, you know, friends that identify as leather. Uh-huh. And I'm just kind of like, you know, it's obvious. I see how deep and important it is to them. Yeah. And there are a lot of those values that I really like. I will. I don't know if I would ever be right. like, oh, I'm a leather person. Because I'm like, I don't want to be fake as hell and get called out. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at what point was it for you? Yeah, and I totally understand it because I have the same problem. It's, I have imposter syndrome bad, too. Mm-hmm. I won't do things because I don't want to be seen as a poser. Yeah. No. I hate that. So, um, for me, it was just, I just kind of started living it. Um, and I don't, I don't even think I really called myself a Leatherman per se. Mm -hmm. It was until people started referring to me as that. Mm, And when someone referred to me as a leather elder, I was like, what? (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Yeah. There's gotta be somebody else that's around that's older than me. No, really? Yeah. But it, it happened. And I was just like, okay, sure. So, um, but yeah, it's just it's just something I just started doing for myself. This is, I it, the uh, the values and everything resonated to me with me, and it's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be when I grow up. You know, I wanted to be I I wanted to be honest and and and, and live. Someone once told me, you know, own your shit, mm-hmm. and do what you say and say what you do. And so that's always been huge for me, and that's that's just the kind of person I am. And so every day that's I try to. To live up to that, you know, and it's not easy. It could be a real pain in the ass being honest all the time. Yeah. It's a lot easier to lie. <laughs> but it's just, I don't, I, and another thing is I have a horrible memory. So in order to be a, a successful liar, one must remember what the hell you told people. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. So I just, I'm honest all the time. No, you go, you go ahead, Lola. Okay. I know you're sitting there waiting like, Cam, she going to hop in again? <laughs> What is the hardest part about being in a master-slave relationship? Um, it's, you know, especially 24-7. 24-7 is the hardest relationship to do because you're never off. At least when you have a DS relationship or a girl who lives in another city. Like when I lived in Fresno, I had a slave that was in, in uh, Bakersfield. So it was like, okay, you know, so during the week, I'm just me doing my thing, whatever. And then she shows up on Friday night or whatever, like, all right, I am Lord Sir Domly Dom. You get on your knees, get naked, da 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 da, right? And so that was cool. But you're never off when you're in a 24 7 MS relationship. I, uh, every single freaking decision is mine to make. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Do you ever get tired of it? Sometimes, yeah. I feel like Atlas holding, holding up the whole damn world. Mm-hmm. It's something you don't think about when you first get in. You're like, oh, this is kinky. This is great. I'm going to run somebody else's life. And then, and then when they're asking you everything, you're like, fuck, mm-hmm. really? Do you ever, do have you written into your rules that you have this much, like, do you pick a day of the week that you are off? That you guys, no, no. I didn't have that much foresight. Um, no. Mm-hmm. We're just, we're always on every single decision I make. She knows, I mean, my girl's been with me for nine years. Uh-huh. So she knows my brain pretty damn good. It's probably better than I do. Um, so she could make a decision if she had to. Uh-huh. She chooses not to. She's like, <laughs> she kind of like, you know, I'm like, fuck, really? And she's like, well, hey, you're the dumbass who chose it. In. All right. <laughs> I'm just over here going, hey, whatever you want to do, master, it's fine, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so she's like, I got the good end of the deal. That's fine. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so it, it can be exhausting sometimes. And, and it, it can be frustrating because you're like, fuck, do I have to think for everybody? You know, but it it's just kind of the way it is. I mean, but then again, if I don't have that control, I'm like, well, shit, that's not how I want it done. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, for a long time, I would call her every day at 12 o'clock with my lunch. I was eating my lunch and say, okay, this is what I want for dinner. Uh-huh. And then when I changed to a different job, I was like, eh, fuck that. You figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know basically what I want. There's a freezer full of shit. Let's go. You know? <laughs> Make me food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes I get things I'm not exactly excited about, but there's still things I'll eat and there's still things I like. So yeah. it's like, well, whatever, you know. <laughs> but I just don't have the time or energy to, to devote to doing that anymore. Yeah. So there, it's a give and take. It really is. I mean, yeah, I could completely lock her down and I'd not. I mean, if I wanted to, I could have do you know pot, bathroom restrictions. I know, and I have friends who do that. Mm-hmm. You must get clearance before you can go to the bathroom, and it's another way to fuck with their slaves because they're like, "Master, I have to pee." And you're like, "Nope." <laughs> and they're dancing the corner master i really have to be nope <laughs> so it's a way to be a sadist i have a friend tony in in, in uh, san diego that does that all the time but um i'm just i don't care that much you know it's like mm-hmm. just go i don't want to know about it take care of stuff right you know? yeah i don't want to clean the mess up afterwards exactly so then how do you because he said you know it gets exhausting how do you handle like that that burnout or how have you handled it in the past let's let's go there um i do things of a violent nature okay um (laughs) uh, i play video games where i get to kill people that's always fun (laughs) that helps um i throw axes i need to get a punching bag because there's been times i just want to beat the fuck out of something when i come home but that was basically my other job that was part of that problem Mm. um i drink i drink smoke cigars um, and that's actually... It sounds I, like, after, like self-care to me. So. Yeah, I mean, there's times I just sit on the back patio, and, we, and she enjoys it too. We sit on our back patio. I've set up a nice um, a nice room back there with you know with my full kitchen and everything else, and then uh, we just hang on the back, and I have a scotch and a cigar, and we chat, and just kind of when, you know, when, when time allows or when nights allow, when it's not 150 at night, <laughs> now we're right. getting the good cigar weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Play darts. I'm hearing mindless, repetitive action, which is very much the way that I handle my my burnout. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, appreciate, I, would, I see you right now. Yeah, I would play more paintball again. I used to play a lot of paintball years ago. Um, my knees don't allow that anymore. My knees are like, no, 
you're not sliding on them anymore. Forget it. <laughs> so I don't get to play paintball as much as I would like to. But yeah, I like things of a violent nature. We're always, you know, always fun. <laughs> what would your advice be to others who feel like they want to slide into a master-slave relationship? Um, well, hopefully you've been doing some DS to get some training there because there is a learning curve. And it's MS is something that calls to you understand what you're getting yourself into from both sides of the slash. Um, some, you know, a lot of submissives, especially nowadays, don't understand how intense it can be. Um, and a lot of submissives seem to think that they can sit on the couch and eat bonbons all day, and then you get fucked whenever you want, and then the guy wants, and then you know, the guy pays for a personal trainer. That's not how this works. It's totally how my brain functioned when I was <laughs> I know. I was literally just like, I'm going to be someone's perfect little slave. I barely identify as a bottom now. Like, <laughs> years later, I'm going to be someone's slave, and I'm going to get fucked all the time, and they're going to just tell me what to do, and hopefully mm-hmm. I don't have to work. Right. Yeah. No. Because <laughs> there's a list. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. There's dishes that have to be done. I mean, my, my wife is, my, my slave is a stay-at-home slave. Mm-hmm. Would you suggest that they go, that they join, like, a mass group? Mass groups are good things. Yeah, anytime you can talk. I, I've always said that we can't do this alone. Uh-huh. It, it's very hard to do this alone. That's why I encourage my girl to start Submissive Safe Space back in the, in the old days, um, back when we were living in Fresno. Uh-huh. She started that group, and it was very successful. Um, I've started a myriad of dominant discussion groups, including mm-hmm. the one here. Yeah. Um, and so it's we need to be amongst our peers and just kind of work shit out. And especially for like dominance, a lot of the stuff we do is smoke and mirrors to a certain extent. Um, and so it's good to have other dominants to go, hey, I'm having a problem with this. And I can't seem to get her to do shit. Why? And then, you know, the guys will go, well, try this or, you know, punish her this way or whatever else. Maybe you're not being clear enough, you know. And it's a way to kind of, you know, spitball and try to figure some things out. Yeah. So, but yeah, getting together with other uh, masters and slaves and stuff like that is always beneficial. Um, and that was one thing that was nice about the parties is you would see other people in varying degrees of relationships and kind of, oh, that looks cool, or that's a good idea, you know. I mean, it, it, it invariably happens. Somebody would come up with an idea like bringing a dog bed for their slave to kneel in, and then eventually that kind of spreads like wildfire, <laughs> right. and everybody's doing it, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's kind of just what happens. But, yeah, it's it, it's always good to have other people to talk to. But Figure out what you want. Most importantly, you need to figure out what you want as a, whatever side of the slash. As a master, you need to figure out what you want as a master. You need to be able to, because you need to be able to, you're the one crafting that relationship. You're, you know, it's the, the girl comes in going, okay, I want to be your slave. Tell me what to do. You have to go, I, okay, I want you to do this and have some authority and know what you're thinking about or what you want to do. And you have to know what it looks like right. when you're done. Um, and, you know, going, uh, I don't know, it's kind of doesn't work. <laughs> if, if someone came to you and asked you to mentor them mm-hmm. as far, you know, as far as to be a, a master mm-hmm. or potential master, is that something that you would take on? Yeah. I typically only, t- only mentor men though. Well, yeah. I mean, well. See, I mean, I, it's funny. I find it funny that you've had that reaction. Because I did have that reaction, but then I'm, now I'm double thinking and right. thinking, well, What's Makes, the difference between a, a mistress and a master? Like, different headspace. They wouldn't I, have the same protocol. Maybe maybe it's coming from a different space within them due to right. the way that they were socialized growing up. 
So I could I could definitely see that being like a requirement or boundary of yours. And and not only that, a mentorship to me should be a very close friend relationship. Like like mm-hmm. it's one of the few people you can actually go, hey, I have problems. This, these are the problems I'm having. To be able to open yourself up, open your relationship up to this person uh-huh. and say, hey, this is the problems I'm having. You should be able to trust that person. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying that men can't trust women, but I do see, when I am saying this, there's a lot of sexual tension a lot of times when you're a prostitute. And a lot of times you'll see mentors, especially, um, it, it, I don't know if it happens as much anymore, but it used to happen back in the old days is, is that older guys would mentor, air quotes, younger women, and part of that would end up having sex with them. So just to avoid all that, that's not super ethical. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> you need to understand how to suck a dick. Come on. You know. Um, <laughs> you know. So that's one reason I just kind of avoid that altogether. I just I mentor men and try to make better men out of them and, and try to make them, uh, um, you know, masters and all that kind of good stuff. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I have no problem doing that. But there is work involved. And a lot of people don't want to do the work. You know, I'm going to have you carry my toys. I'm going to have you clean my toys to get better versed with them. If I see that you're eventually getting the hang of how to how to throw a flogger and stuff like that, I'll let you use my girl as practice. You know, and, and I will help you learn the best way I can. But it, again, it's work. People don't want work. People want instant. Yeah. yeah. It's the culture. Yeah. It's the microwave culture, I call it. They just roll in like, yes, I have been a master for 26 years. Really? You're 24. Uh, right? You don't yeah. math so quickly. <laughs> uh, well, well, those were all of my questions. I feel like we got a lot of information from you, and I feel like I know you better than I did. Really? And I've yes. known you forever. I know. Well, I mean. Like at least 50 years. I know. <laughs> In like TikTok dom years, sure. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm 100 in TikTok nine years. <laughs> Did you guys have any other questions for our guest? I don't have any questions. I just want to know if you want to bitch about kink talk with me. <laughs> bitch about kink talk? I'll bitch about kink. Sure. What's up? No, TikTok kink talk. Oh, TikTok? Oh, God. That is... The thing that concerns me with TikTok is is a wealth of bad information. Yes. And so when all that bad information is being thrown out there and it's being misconstrued as good information mm-hmm. people end up getting hurt and and or yeah. dying yeah and that's one thing i've always pushed in my 101 classes is what we do is dangerous mm-hmm. it is not safe it better be saying than consensual but it's not safe and you can kill someone people have died doing this mm-hmm. more recently you know Wow. They usually get stuck in suitcases and left on the side of the road. Jeez. Oh, yeah. You haven't heard about that? No. No. Oh, Wait, even I've heard him tell this story. Okay. Okay. There's a couple of them. One, okay. A one, uh, few years ago, 2006. Oh, should we do a trigger warning just in case? Oh, Probably. yeah. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Trigger warning. Wow. It's a trigger duck. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a quack bang. Uh, all right. So, uh, to about 2016, um, Susan Wright, who was in charge of the NCSF, came on FetLife and was like, hey, we've had, usually we have somewhere between, you know, we have about four or five deaths a year due to BDSM activities. This year, we've had, five, we've had four 
two of them in one month by the same man. Mm. Apparently, he was doing breath play. He would invite young girls to a young invited invited a woman to his hotel room, and did breath play on her, and he ended up killing her accidentally, put her in a suitcase, then invited another girl over at a later time, because it worked so well the first time, did it again. He ended up dropping those suitcases off on a road, I believe it was in Tennessee, um, not far from where they were doing some construction. So I've been telling that story for years. Then, about 2000, when's the last time we did a class here? 19, I want to say? Yeah. Yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, a, a lady was uh, English um, national, female, was in Australia on vacation, met up with a guy for whatever reason. In her hotel room, they ended up playing, and I think he did breath play, and he killed her. And they have video of him with her in his, with her in her suitcase as he's trying to take her out of the hotel. So this is why we say meet in public spaces and know who you play with. Definitely. Yeah, because what we do is not safe. Don't think it is, because you're going to end up killing somebody. I mean, there's, I can rack up thousands of stories of people dying. Like the whole ketamine incident and, and all this. Okay. <laughs> there was a guy that liked to take ketamine. Do you know what ketamine is? No. On the street, they call it Special K. It's a horse tranquilizer. Okay? Okay. So it, when a person... What does it do? It knocks you out. You can't do shit. Okay. You can breathe. That's it. Oh. Are you awake? Yeah. You're fully lucid. But, but you, you can't move? But you can't move. Okay. So what this guy liked to do is be tied up and be on on ketamine. And that was his deal. He liked it. That was great. So it was in Germany, if I remember correctly. And so he had, there was a guy that he went went to and he did that for him. He he took the special, he took the the ketamine. The guy tied tied him up and then left him. Oh, jeez. And then there was another guy with him when they came back. I don't know if the other guy did anything with him or not. I think he was just there. When they came back, the, the gentleman that took the ketamine was dead. Because you don't ever leave someone alone when you have them in bondage. Ever. And he died. And they're now up for, they were, last I heard, they were up for murder charges. Damn. Oh, dang. It goes bad that quickly. And this is something that this guy wanted. As he, yeah. It was what he requested. Yeah. And just because someone requested doesn't necessarily make it a good idea. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You Definitely. Know? So as a top, that's part of something you have to worry about is like, okay, how is this going to, you know, you have to make sure that the person that you are playing with is still fully form and functional when you're done with them. Right. And it's, so our, it's our jobs to take, to take care of their lives, even though maybe sometimes they don't want it. I've actually refused play from people. I had people who, who I had a lady literally ask me, I want to be filleted. And I'm like, I'm like, what you mean? You want to be whipped? Or, no, I want to be filleted, like with a fillet knife. I, I, what? And I'm a sadist, and I'm kind of crazy, and I like to ride the ragged edge. That was too much for me. I'm like, and we're leaving. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think that was a good call. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Agreed. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, I I'm, think it goes both ways. You know, dominants need to to really know what they're. Bottom potential bottoms want, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and pick the safer person, and they need to know like, what their own boundaries, what they're willing right. to do is, yeah, and then stick to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't get uh, 
Sides, not swide swiped. I can't think of my brain. Like these stories, I'm like, oh my gosh. So now I can't word. Well, I feel like that's something that maybe we don't talk about enough is that like, I feel like a lot of our, frankly, a lot of our education and advice is like, you know, oh, to this new bottom, make sure you, that you're dominant, make sure or that you're top or whatever, or that you do this and you do that. And I don't feel like there's just like a lot of advice for top leaning folks, which is, you know, why knowing people like you mentioned is mm-hmm. good and having those discussions, because what if, you know, <laughs> unexperienced master bears had a flake yeah that sounds badass i'm gonna tell all my domly dom friends about this right i'll fillet you because i'm the biggest baddest sadist out there and then you know yeah. when her lungs fell out her sides that may be a little who ordered the quadricep <laughs> yeah. it's time for a blood eagle yeah. Oh, yeah. a what a blood no, eagle you don't want to know you do, we'll tell you about that it's... one later <laughs> omg don't tell me i don't want to know no, you wouldn't you don't want... want to know you don't. Oh. <laughs> oh come on, it's fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 totally. Didn't you ever fun. want wings and your insides on your outsides? Yeah, there you go. Wings? <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Ay ay ay. Yeah. Not like I don't it. drink Red Bull. <laughs> no, you're not gonna like <laughs> whole different kind of wings. Okay, let's not. Let's. Yeah. So don't we have a fetish of the week? I think we do. We do. Yes. Give me just a moment. I, I can I can tell you what it is. I think I know what it is. I know too. what it is. Go for it. It doesn't fit this conversation uh, Master though. Master Bear, hmm. tell me, do you know offhand what the word yiffing uh, means? Yiffing. Yiffing. You know, I think I've heard it, and uh-huh. I cannot remember what it is. Okay, anemic. Do you know I, what it means? I do know what it is. Okay, I Lala? do. I'm pretty sure I do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Though the definition of it was a little bit more different than what I thought it was. Oh, yeah. The, the definition you gave was different than what I I, I understood it to be. This too. was not mine who put it in there. I think it may have been Thief who put it on there this week. Ah, we we actually bastard. did speak to some um, some folks who were yiffing. Yes. No, so, not not into yiffing, but. But are, are in that derivative, life. yeah. So they so, they told us. What let, it was. Let's let's just uh, define it. So okay. uh, yiffing is defined as sex with stuffed animals or furries. Okay, the uh, only way I had ever known it was sex with furries. That's furries. while the they're way. in their fur suits. Yeah, that's the only way I had ever heard it, which yeah. means that I have participated in yiffing and did not know. So have I. I say because I have definitely fucked several of my stuffed animals. I have too. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Something about grinding. Uh, yes, well, right. not I'm even, a stuffed bunny grinder. Like insertable, I, insertable teddy bear. Oh, I, yeah, I put a strap on on my teddy bear, and I sold a video on OnlyFans of me doing it. It went did oh, quite well. Nice. Fun. Wow, it was it with bigger McAnally? teddy bears. Or? Oh yeah, no, the teddy bear is as big as I am. Oh, like, okay, oh. That's a six foot teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it as a gift. I can't want to see this video now. <laughs> yeah, can you play that for us later? <laughs> well, it's so funny because I got the teddy bear as a gift from some. I took someone's uh, pegging virginity. It was the first person. Uh, yeah, and so as a gift, knowing that I love stuffed animals, they decided to give me the biggest stuffed animal that they could find. Right. And I literally remember they brought it out to me, and I was so happy, and I picked it up from them, and immediately I looked at it, and I was like, our hips are about the same size. <laughs> See, that <laughs> makes me just want to like untake all the stuffing out and slip inside of it. Oh, I've oh, seen, geez. I've seen, uh, uh, this may be, I guess I'm really into yiffing. I've watched a lot of porn like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very specific, like, uh, I think it's called like Dirty Panda or something like that. Wow. There's a very specific, like, grouping of videos of someone who's in a fursuit 
And like they'll be sitting on, you know, some girl's bed and like the girl like falls asleep and then and wakes up in this dream world where her uh, panda gets up and fucks her. Oh, my God. I love it. Wow. Yeah. And wow. I remember that I used to turn a... me on so much. <laughs> I need that. I need that in my life. That okay. would be fun. Dirtypanda.com. To... <laughs> it was something like that. Naughty panda, dirty panda. It was something like that. And I watched those videos forever. What, what's the rule? That, uh, rule is it rule 32? Everything. Rule 34. Rule 34. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Items close. If it exists, there's a porn version. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we had some furries on a while back, mm-hmm. and and I think that they kind of referred to Yafin as a like a kind of almost negative thing. Like well, they it's didn't. It's not very common. It's, yeah, it's not as common it's, as like as we, we would think. think. Yeah. Well, okay. CSI. Yeah. They did a CSI of Vegas. I think mm-hmm. they did an episode yeah. on it, and that's what I. That's where I learned what furries were. Oh. Okay. And then, and then they were having a party and. Yiffing. There was some yiffing going on. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was very prevalent, but a- according to actual furries, it's not. Yeah, and I mean, there are people who are like heavily involved in their community. They, When I spoke to them, they said that the worst the worst thing that furries actively do, I guess like be perceived as negative or whatever, that they personally also don't like, is when they go to like fursuiter conventions and the folks inside are wearing diapers in their fursuits, which wouldn't be a big deal except for they're taking the stinkiest shits inside yeah. those diapers and continually walking around. And so it just smells bad and they're all sweaty and they're like, Wait, why are they doing that? So they're they too, don't, because they, so they don't have to get out of their suit. Too because, lazy to get out of their suits. Yeah, because it's a lot of work yeah. to get out of a whole suit and like usually in a convention center bathroom. Put it in a butt flap. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that way well, you can be pooping and warm. Just unplug the tail. <laughs> Thank you, Peter Griffin. Yeah, just wear a butt oh, plug. Hold it in. I can be warm. pooping and warm. It's a little. It's a butt plug. A poop dam. Yeah. A little butt plug tail. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so they said, like, they're like, honestly, they're like, that's like the worst thing that fur- the furries do. As you know, they're they're sure that there are plenty of people who do yiffing, but even them who are pretty hardcore furries are like that is not a part of what we like about this like we want to have sex we don't want to be that sweaty yeah, and have all that costume in the way it's a very um like private club dark card passed under the fur paw thing yeah. like then they have hey, a, you want a to fur pile yif- yeah yeah but it's it's not as prevalent what as always got me is that you really don't know the sex of the person you're having sex with well yeah. there's that too. <laughs> you know mm-hmm because yeah. they rarely, most furries don't speak when they're in their fursuits. And either. they don't take their masks off. And it's just like, it's, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's dealer's choice, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, um, if you're going to be daring enough to go to a fur convention and try and hook up with somebody in a fursuit without knowing who the fuck that furry is, well, good luck. <laughs> Wear a condom. Yeah. <laughs> Please, God. Work all it's the like a, It's like one in 12 that you're going to get the gender that you're after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one in 12. Oh. Eesh. I'll let you work that out I'm yourself. I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you so much for joining us not today. Not a problem. Lord Master Bear. Uh, and I was just wondering, let's go, let's actually, yeah, let's start with you. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with uh, the podcast and its listeners? Final thoughts. Tip your waitresses. Um, that is a great one. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> not at no, not really. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. You gave us a lot of good information today. A lot. A yeah. lot. I try. <laughs> I think we may have picked his brain clean. 
Yeah. No, yeah. there's still some ton of shit floating around. Did here. we talk about what you <laughs> wanted to talk about? I mean, uh, I kind of just took over. Uh, that's typical with you. <laughs> He's got a point. <laughs> um, I really didn't have an agenda per se. Just uh, I'm just greedy. Was like, hey, you want you know? I was talking, tell him if he needed a, a guest or whatever. I'd be happy to have. Um, my, one of the things that we're, I, a thing I was discussing with my slave though was we were talking about getting and doing more relationship based teaching. Yeah. Um, once we start doing that kind of stuff, I think that'd know. be great. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely needed and yeah. wanted and beneficial. Yeah, all around. That's a great so idea. So we'll have to work up some classes. I like it. Coming to a venue near you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anemic. Have you got any final final thoughts? Sure. Uh, if you make your safe word a banana after sex, you can say, "Aren't you glad I didn't say banana?" And your partner will leave you, but won't it be worth it? There you go. That was Lala. cursed information that was shared with me. <laughs> Lala, have you got any final thoughts? Don't make me follow now. her with the final thoughts. Um, <laughs> ever again. Tonight's okay. fine, but ever again. Uh, final thoughts. <sighs> Don't be afraid to ask your friends questions that you wouldn't normally ask them because you're going to get a butt ton of great information that yeah. maybe you weren't aware they had. Let me some ass. Yes, you will. Yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions ever. Communication. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Getting to know one another. Anyway, greedy. Wow. Final thoughts? <laughs> Plethora. That means a lot. It does. That was kind of a Charlie's Angel kind of moment. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, angels. <laughs> oh, Hi, <God>. Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I got that recorded. <laughs> ah, Don't be. be a prick. That's yeah. my final thought. If, yeah. if if you if you feel called to a life of leather or a life of MS or a life of DS or if you just feel called to meet some kinky fucks, get out there and do it. Be your genuine self. Absolutely. Beyond that, don't break your toys. <laughs> and that includes people. Because they're hard to get a Lord hard to come by. Lord will love to hear that. Right? If he listens. <laughs> well, Master Bear, thank you very much for coming out. Not this, a problem. This has, been, this has been a great show. Yes. I, I yes. do appreciate having you on. Thank you, thank you. And it's and wonderful done. to see you after two years. Yeah, I know. Real. I know. Weird. Has it been two years? Uh, a year. Pretty much. No, it's, a year it's and a half. It's two been two years. All right. All combined since the last event that they were at. All right. Yeah, two yeah. years. Yeah, it's yeah, been two years. Dang. Before the world went to hell. Well, I think that's going to just about wrap it up for this episode. So, in the immortal words of Captain Awesome, may he enjoy his wicked, we are out. Bye! Anyway, greedy. Wow. (laughs) Plethora. That means a lot. It does. That was kind of a Charlie's Angel kind of moment. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, angels. (laughs) Hi, Charlie. (laughs) 